Welcome to Roundtail Radio. Through our conversations, we discover the holy and the ordinary, look for moments of grace and peace, and redefine what we talk about. We talk about faith. Good morning, Ed. Good morning, Leslie. How are you doing? I'm well. I just feel like I need you to give a disclaimer to our our video uh, watchers, who, those who watch mm. our video. Um, behind us, it is... Uh, lean. Lean. <laughs> really, where'd the art go, guys? And our audio listeners might notice some extra echo. Mm. Uh, because we are about halfway through clearing out this studio right now. Um, our amazing staff team is going to be, uh, we're kind of giving it a little bit of a facelift. You're thinking, but Leslie, your set looks so beautiful. I agree, but you should see the rest of the room. <laughs> we are give we have leaner. A, we are, yes, we are blessed with a beautifully big space to do lots of fun and creative things. And so we're giving it a floor. Yes. Because it's concrete. <laughs> uh, we're giving a floor, fresh paint. It's going to be magical. It's a new year. It's a new year. New year, new us. Freshen it up. I'm so excited. It's I'm. There's so much potential and so many fun things that are going to be coming your way because of this. It's going to make this possible. So very exciting. But um, there's no art behind us. There's an echo. Yes. And... Uh, and we'll be recording remotely for a little bit. We will. To give our team and uh, and contractors some time to do their magic. But we'll be back. We'll be back soon. Mm-hmm. You'll barely notice. It'll be ongoing. Yes. Yeah, so It'll I'm, be going mobile. I'm, I'm gearing up Ed with, with good microphones to take home <laughs> for the next few weeks. Me being the tech guy that I am. Do you you're, you're, uh, really are getting better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very impressed. I have a lot of room for improvement, so there's always a way of getting better. Don't we all? (laughs) We all do. We all do. Um, So now that we have our disclaimer, what are we talking about this morning? Coaching. Coaching? Which seems like it's starting out of nowhere, right? You've mentioned it occasionally. I have. It's sort of in passing. Mm -hmm. Um, Tell us more. So uh, during the pandemic, um, one of the things that I think a lot of seminaries tried to do, and this was really wonderful. Mm -hmm was to make tremendous resources available for clergy because everyone had to pivot and a lot of people didn't know <laughs> towards what they were pivoting. Sure. So uh, one of the things that also happened during that time is that coaching became even more popular than it was already becoming. Coaching okay. from clergy to clergy, for example. Okay. And also clergy coaching, not so much their own congregations, but uh, other people in the wider world mm-hmm. who are just looking for accompaniment and a and a steady hand and guide as they're making big decisions about their lives. So I I took a couple of these coaching classes through Vibrant Faith, which is an organization that's dedicated to spiritual formation for clergy and lay people, but this was a course they offered, um, you know, really to help clergy for the most part, but there there were also lay people involved. So one of the things that I learned right away about coaching is that when you're, when you're working with someone, at least from the Vibrant Faith perspective and the International Coaching Federation has its own guidelines and resources. Who knew? Uh, great title. Isn't it? The International <laughs> Coach. Sounds like an organization in a movie, right? That's yeah. kind of a little clandestine or something. Like, yeah. what do they do really? Yeah. But they are a great organization and they have all of these um, 
different requirements that you have to gather in order to be a coach. Okay. And one of the things that they say to their coaches is that when you're working with a client, you have what's called a coaching contract, which sounds like a kind of a lot of legalese, hmm. but it actually is an agreement about five questions okay. that you will consider during your coaching conversation. And a coaching conversation can last anywhere from a half an hour to an hour. That's sort of the typical range. In that period of time, there are five questions. And the first question is always, so Leslie, what do you want to talk about today? So, right? It's, okay. it's, it's every, whatever the client wants. The coach does not drive the conversation. Okay. The client does. Okay. And then the second question is, uh, what might be an outcome that you'd like to see out of today's conversation? Okay. It might be a topic that's so incredibly new that the person will say, I really don't know. We'll have to discover it as we go along. Mm -hmm. That's fine. Mm -hmm. And then once that conversation starts, you've got those two questions. That's really right. all you need to get going. Right. Right. The third question is usually asked by the coach about halfway through the conversation. Okay. And that is, are we still talking about what you wanted to talk about? Mm. And that is a really important question because we <laughs> all will know from ourselves and others that, you know, a conversation can go this way, then it goes sideways. I mean, I feel attacked, but it's fine. <laughs> okay. No, that's really, it's real because it can go. It's not we, personal. It's, it's totally fine. We can, we all take tangents. Right. You know, it's some of us more than others. Hi. Um, back road. But back roads, discovering things as you're talking about that you're, you know, as yeah. you discover, as you discuss things. But also it makes me think, you know, when you ask that, that check-in question is like, where you talking about, it also makes me think the thing you said that you want to talk about initially, is that still the thing you mm -hmm. want to talk about? Exactly. Now that you've delved into the conversation, have you found something in that conversation that actually is m more at the heart of what you're wanting to discover? So right. it's kind of a double-sided question, mm -hmm. which is really interesting. And it's all about the freedom of the client to choose the direction. That's really cool. Yeah, it's, it's a great, great, tool, I think, and you've just summarized it beautifully, it gives the person the freedom to say, I, I think we're discovering something more important mm -hmm. and let's go down that road, mm -hmm. right? Because hopefully the conversation might, there might be five or six conversations in this coaching relationship. Mm -hmm. um, so you have some time, you have whatever time that you need. So I was thinking about that question because way back in the summer, we started planning for a year long series called What Matters Most. Right. And interestingly enough, we discovered that Yale Divinity School was also creating a, a curriculum for this year called What Matters Most. Oh, seriously? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Uh, led by a man named Miroslav Volf. So he's on the faculty there. And he even wrote this 45-page document, which was their guide uh, for them for the year. We're, on, we're all just on the same wavelength. Right? It's, it is kind of interesting that, this, that there's this sort of spirit of the time, mm -hmm. right? We're, mm -hmm. we're all kind of plugging into it. I think that's actually very reassuring. Yeah. So we started this because our idea was we were going to take 12 values, one per month over an entire year. We've worked through four. I know. Right? Which has been really interesting. Yeah. And, um, but we're not quite, obviously, we're not even halfway through, but I actually thought that at the beginning of a new year, this could be a really good time to say, are we still talking about what we want to talk about? <laughs> I like that. Because normally I think you wouldn't even dare take time to ask that question because mm -hmm. you'd be afraid to say, I think we need to just jettison the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. 
out. <laughs> yeah. Time out. All that music. You, no, we're not. We're not going to use that anymore. All those resources for sure. No, we're not going to use those anymore. It's kind of a scary thing. Sure. Right. Sure. And even in a like, think about a relationship. If if a couple of people have an idea of, hey, let's set out and do our goals together, mm-hmm. you know, and then halfway through the year, they say, are we still talking about what we wanted to talk about? And what if you say no? No. That's yeah. everything we talked about. January. <laughs> we don't want to talk about that anymore. So um, I also think this is a good question for people like myself who suffer from um, SOS, which is shiny object syndrome. <laughs> I love that phrase. I was hoping <laughs> you were going to say that. Yes, I also suffer from that. Right. <laughs> it's like, ooh, that's a new fun idea. Let's go that way. Yeah, let's start this. Let's start a new year program. Right, right, yeah. right, so right. this So this helps us to stay grounded. And I do want to say, just full disclosure, I still want to talk about what matters most, and hey. I want to keep talking about it for eight more months. So. I really enjoy it, because <clears> the <throat> thing I'm finding about it is the what matters most phrase feels like a bit of like a guiding light, mm-hmm. uh, a, mm-hmm. a star, if you will. Mm-hmm. Hey. Nice. Thanks. Um, <laughs> that's That's keeping us focused, but then each month has so much broad potential Mm. because it's it's essentially it's a word right Mm -hmm. so january is peace Mm -hmm. you could talk about peace for an entire year and more i have found this to to me as the director of music i have found this to be the most freeing but also like with helpful boundaries (laughs) yes Uh uh-huh uh sermon series because it's like it gives me a word that i can i can then musically explore in many different ways so it gives me something to start with it gives me a kernel of an idea of saying okay peace Mm -hmm. but then i can say you know are we talking about inner peace are we talking about peace between neighbors are we talking about world peace like Mm -hmm. there's so it and i found that with every single month there's Mm -hmm. always so much to explore that almost it feels like four weeks is not enough sometimes agreed Mm -hmm. um which is what you want to feel like i Mm -hmm. feel like with a sermon series rather than being like oh god i have to find another another week of this (laughs) right (laughs) which has happened occasionally (laughs) (laughs) so i'm finding it to just be um very energizing very like empowering i guess Mm -hmm. as a church in in my music role is is I'm really appreciating the sort of structure of it mm-hmm. because it is not doesn't feel limiting or restrictive. It feels like it's giving great opportunity for exploration mm-hmm. and, and freedom. I think that's also sort of how how you organize worship too. It's like this idea of like we can explore so many different things. Mm-hmm. So I feel very much empowered to like go find fun things. And the hymn of the month I think has been particularly fun. It's been great. I'm really I I'm surprised how. Two part, two things. One, how much I'm enjoying it, and how well it's been received. It very well received, and I think part of it is the newness. Mm-hmm. They're beautifully chosen because they're they're within our bandwidth as singers, congregational mm-hmm. singers. But also, I think because each month they relate so well to the theme. Yeah. So I think that's a perfect combination of forces. It's been fun. So just to clarify um, what we've been doing, we call it the hymn of the month, and we've been introducing. A, I call it a new to us hymn because mm. it's not necessarily newly composed. So right. A lot of them have been done in probably the last 10 years, mm-hmm. 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, I try to focus them 
on, like you said, on their singability, on how easily you can kind of pick up the tune. They're not like overly through, you know, they're not like these like big involved pieces. Sometimes they're quite simple. Mm -hmm. I think one of them was like a refrain and we sang it a few times. Like it's very simple. Mm -hmm. Um, But the idea of just like connecting to a new piece of music every month. Um, I'm excited. The January one is called Peace of Our Praying Mm -hmm. and it explores all these different ideas. It's really, really beautiful. Yeah. excited about it. Well, I think one of the tests of, you know, the, the that kind of an experience is if at the end of the month you say, oh, I'm really going to miss that. Yeah. And I have felt like that every month. Really? Yeah. Yay. And I think the, I, I guess that sort of segues into a thought I have about this overall series, which is that one of the things that we thought is that even though this is the month of peace, we can have the freedom to say, all right, back in September, the focus was imagination. What does imagination have to do with peace? Mm-hmm. Um, and on and on it goes. So these these themes can talk to one another, one another as we go on. I think that's the nice part about a, a, a year th- series is that they can talk to one another rather than like we're doing six weeks on this and six weeks on this or mm-hmm. a month on this. Those don't lend themselves toward interacting with one another in the right. same way. Yep. So I like that. I like it that it sort of this cumulative quality to it. I want to come back to something you said about the um, the vastness mm. of the themes. Yeah. And I definitely felt that much more so with peace than I did with any of the others. Yeah, I can and, see that. And I think part of the challenge there is that for some time, I mean there are always violent conflicts going on in the world of major proportion. Mm -hmm. And there is always violence at different levels of society. Some of it is, uh, you know, so uh, hidden away in a sense that we don't, we can't track it. But the violence that we've seen over the past year has been in front of us all the time. So Mm -hmm. in Ukraine, more recently in the Middle East, and it's, it's, unavoidable, right? Mm-hmm. To be looking at it and trying to understand where it's, how it's going to evolve, if it is going to evolve in a better way. I think that has made this month much more challenging for me mm-hmm. because it really, you know, the old, the old line, let, let's just give peace a chance, mm-hmm. you know, feels like it's on a hanging by a thread yeah. and peace and, and nonviolence and all of those strategies which have been used so successfully in history to create positive social change, Mm. it doesn't feel like there's any oxygen for that kind of discussion right now, Mm. right? So I'm not sure whether or not there's a sense in which we have simply given up on the power of peace. Mm -hmm. And so that's a question that, that I'm asking. But as you said, you know, it can be conflict resolution. It can be hostage negotiation. Mm. It can be uh, f- personal forgiveness. It can be reconciliation within a relationship. It's got so many faces to it. So you, I, I think it's part of the challenge has been to have a little bit of discipline to say, we're only just making a start here. Right. Where are a few places that we can begin the conversation and then see where it leads from there? Does it seem fortuitous or extra challenging that the word peace has come up now? Well, it feels so. uh, It would be fortuitous, I think, if we thought, wow, there is just unexplored potential here. Mm -hmm. But I think that our view of nonviolent social action right now is so jaded Mm -hmm. that I'm not sure that the fortuitousness side is quite as 
present yeah. as the challenging side, which is that this feels like it's a very, very, very fragile flame. Mm -hmm. And that just somebody could blow on it and it would go out. Mm -hmm. So, you know, coming back to that phrase in the Gospel of John, which we use at Christmas or call up at Christmas so often, you know, the darkness has not, the light shines in the darkness and mm -hmm. the darkness has not overcome it. Um, this is a time when it's really pressing us to believe. So is, is, is this light still shining and where? Uh, just one other comment about this. The Albert Einstein Institution, which I think is based in Massachusetts, they track nonviolent social movements mm -hmm. across the world. Mm -hmm. And they always have reason to hope. Mm. They always have reason to say, look, here are all of the places where nonviolence is actually working. Mm. And that, those are the stories that we need to tell, mm -hmm. you know, and as you've said in the past, how do we get louder about some of these stories? Mm -hmm. that, that would be a good place to start. Yeah. That's so interesting because sometimes it, I think it feels like talking about peace in that way almost feels like, like optimism to a silly degree, mm -hmm. potentially. It feels like unrealistic, mm -hmm. I guess is the word I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I think that one of the threads we need to pick up again is that if if we look at the ministry of Jesus really carefully, it is based very deeply on nonviolence. Mm. And then you can come up with any one of a number of examples for that. But I think it was a I think it's been shown that it was a deliberate strategy of nonviolence. It wasn't mm. just a, you know, there's no other option, so let's do this. Right. It was this is the main option because if if peace on earth is what matters most, mm. then the the means and the ends have to match up with each other. Right. And I think we're still under laboring under the illusion that we can create peace by violent means. Yeah. And so as long as that is perpetuated, as long as we don't tell any stories to or to the opposite effect, uh, we are going to continue to work under that understanding. Yeah, I mean, peace. <clears throat> It seems like the, the nonviolent teachings of Jesus was not the path of least resistance. It was the path of most resistance. Yes. Great point. It was point. the hardest way to yes. go. Yeah. You know, I think Gandhi said once, and Martin Luther King Jr. picked up on this. He said, you know, um, only only um, embrace nonviolence if you think you have the courage and strength to do so. Mm -hmm. Because it's the hardest path. Mm -hmm. It will not make life easier for you. Mm -mm. And I think that's what was so, I mean, one of the last, not, I won't say last, but one of the great, great examples of successful nonviolent resistance was the civil rights movement in our country. Right. And uh, it, it created so much possibility for change simply because people had the courage. I, there's one thing that's kind of lurking in the background of this for me, and, um, and that is that that movement didn't just sort of spring out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. It came about because there were training centers in the United States where people could go and learn about nonviolent social change because people had traveled to India and they had studied with Gandhi. Oh, wow. And they had brought that change back with them. And so one of these, one of these schools was called the Highlander School in Tennessee. And uh, they had a very interesting student there by the name of Rosa Parks. Oh, wow. So Rosa Parks 
didn't just get on a bus one day and say enough is enough. Mm. She was waiting for the right moment. Mm. She had trained for that moment. In fact, she'd been trained by another African-American woman who was one of the teachers at the Highlander School. And uh, so those people who sat at the um, lunch counters, mm -hmm. right, and requested service just for uh, the same as for everyone else, they'd all been to the Highlander School. Right. Or they had been to local colleges, historically black colleges, right. where people had come to do training with them. So they were ready. Mm. They had practiced. They had actually engaged in practices where they, you know, kind of um, <laughs> pretended that they were at lunch counters and people threw things on them. And they mm. were had been through it enough so they actually built the muscle memory for it. Takes so much courage just to start that. Oh my goodness. I mean, I can't even imagine. And when you think about you don't know what the consequences are going to be. You don't know if you're going to survive the moment. I mean, they because as you're also saying, it's not only hard to do that, you're surfacing mm -hmm. all of that hatred and that anger. Right. And let's not forget that all... all so often the nonviolent uh, actions were met with violence. Oh, yes. Terrible violence. Exactly. And those individuals who went on the bus journeys, the freedom riders, those who were in those cafes, those who enrolled in universities, they all knew what they were up against. Mm -hmm. but, but some of them also said, you know, when they were said, to, people would say to them, do you you really understand what the consequences could be. They said, well, just think about what the consequences are going to be if we don't do this. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's how they, they approached it. Sure. But that power is still there. That power has not gone uh, away from us. The question is going to be whether or not we have the courage and resolve to embrace it. Right. And right now I'm, I'm waiting for our national and international leaders to say there is a power there. And um, let's trust that and move forward. So we shall see. Yeah. But it's something that we can continue to elevate in our work at, you know, Roundhill Community Church. Yeah. So as we're talking about what we're still talking about yes. and checking in on it for still <laughs> wanting to talk about it, I have to ask, what are the other two questions? So the two, the other two questions are great ones because the, the once there is a sense of resolution, well, I won't even say resolution because it might just be like a single step, right? Mm -hmm. So that fourth question is about um, what is this? What is the first action you can take based on the thing that you wanted to? have at right. the, that point in the conversation, right. right? What's the single action? The last question is really, really critical. And that is, who's going to hold you accountable? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a toughie. <laughs> that is a toughie, you know, because I could easily say at that point, well, signing off now. <laughs> you know? Bye. Yeah. You know, I think we have this idea that, okay, we got the idea. We've got the idea. We're good now. Right. And the coaching contract uh, sort of has built into it. This, I guess, is looking a little negatively that we won't act on our aspirations. You know? <laughs> we can yeah. come up with these great ideas. And yeah. we're like, uh, so the next time we meet, we say, so how'd you do? Oh, yeah, I was going to do something about that, yeah. wasn't I? I mean, I appreciate that it has built into it uh, trying to avoid the shiny object, object syndrome. It does. Um, being like, you will go on to your next great idea. I yep. like that. That's good. It is good. And That's I good. think that, you know, the it's a community question, hmm. which I, I think is really great because 
we tend to be highly individualized mm -hmm. and our tendency would be not to think about who could hold us accountable. Fair. So I, I love the fact that there are those five questions. That's the coaching contract mm -hmm. as, you know, kind of mandated by the International Coaching Federation. And I will say this, after more than 150 hours that I've logged of coaching experience, yeah. that those five, you would think, really? Those five questions? I mean, shouldn't we shake them up a little bit and, you know, <laughs> like take that one out and put that one in? Yeah. It's actually a brilliant scheme of questions. Yeah. It covers all the bases mm -hmm. and it gives the client, I want to go back to use a word that was super important to use. It gives the person the freedom mm. to chart their course. Mm -hmm. and, it, and, it, and it's based on the assumption that the person always knows what they want to do, but it has to be surfaced. Yeah. So it's oh, never, interesting. the coach is never allowed to say, I got the answer for you. Right. Here's what you should do. Right. Can't do it. Nice. Cannot do it. You have yeah. to just keep asking good questions until that thing surfaces. And that is yeah. a really exciting moment for a person in that conversation. That is exciting because, you know, thinking professionally, you know, sometimes you don't get to sit down and think about what, you know, you're, sometimes you're so busy doing and keeping mm -hmm. things going that you don't have a chance to sit down and really think strategically or think about, yeah. are we still talking about the thing we want to talk about? Are we still doing the thing we we meant to be doing yeah. when we first started? You think about how much energy we would all save. <laughs> so, so much. Right? So much. If we could ask that question, <laughs> are we still, do, you know, talking about, are we still doing what we said we wanted to be doing? Because... Mm -hmm. Projects get arms and legs and head off in their own direction. They, don't they, though? And we're like, come back here. <laughs> come back here. I can Not appreciate so that. Fast. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out the conversation that led to somehow we made a film. <laughs> don't. To, it's like, it's also like the conversation that led to this podcast because I don't know how it happened. Like all of a sudden we're doing this. I'm like, well, I guess we're doing this now. Oh my gosh. Yeah. When you're already, you know, halfway across the river and you've got the, you yeah. know, your, your backpack elevated in the, uh, you yeah. know, up in the air and you're trying to not get yeah. totally. I mean, I will say, I always stop and think and I'm like, no, this is great. No, this is fine. This is exactly what I want to be doing. But how did we get here? I don't really know. But it's I, like the best ideas. You don't know who they came up with them, I think. Right. <laughs> and you know, again, I think that's part of the, the nice thing about the contract is it is, Look, if you want to start talking about a film now, you go right ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were talking about that thing, but we're, apparently yeah. we're not talking about that thing anymore. No film right now. Right? <laughs> no film right now. We've got enough to do. <laughs> you know, this is, this is reminding me of a conversation that I actually many years ago worked with a wonderful woman who was a professional coach. Uh -huh. And she was just so fabulous. And she was talking, we were talking about how important it is to surface clarity, right? Mm -hmm. In a conversation. And she used an example of, of how she and her husband thought they were going to do something one evening, like uh -huh. go to a movie. Yeah. <laughs> the communication just totally broke down. Oh, yeah. And so they said, so I, why are we at the movie right now? Why are we standing here having this conversation? <laughs> well, because I thought you said you didn't want And I thought you said... And they went back and forth about this. I had a very similar conversation at my house yesterday. It can happen. It, <laughs> it happens, happens all the time. It does happen all the time. And I think in those moments, wouldn't that be fantastic if we'd say, I don't think we were talking about what we wanted to talk think, about. I don't think we ended up where we thought we ended up. You know, something changed. And I and I think that in any connection, right, when we when we have a conversation with someone, we go mm -hmm. off and do things over and mull things over and we get yeah. another idea. Right. Then we sort of think that the other person <laughs> can read that. You know? You're telling me they, they can't? 
<laughs> what? I'm so sorry to bring this shocking news on, on a Monday morning. Acceptable. <laughs> That's not what I signed up for. <laughs> I'm so glad we could bring us a huge dose of reality to our conversation. It was morning. actually really funny at Christmas because <laughs> the soloists, uh, we have some newer soloists and soloists that have been with us for a number of years. And <laughs> the ones that have been with us for a number of years have started to anticipate yes. decisions I'll make, uh-huh. or at least like vague, you know, they're like, you're going to do, <laughs> we're going to do this. Right. And I'm like, yeah, See, yeah, see, you know. And so we had a newer, newer soloist sing with us on Christmas Eve. <laughs> we had just all, I don't know, I don't think we ever said anything out loud, but we were like, we'll have a rehearsal 15 minutes before we'll do this, blah, 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 blah. And so I texted her just to be like, hey, we're ready. Anytime you're ready. She was in the building. She was doing other stuff. <laughs> I wasn't like stressed out about it. Everything was fine. And she walks in. She was like, am I late? What? To, what happened? And I was like, oh no, we just... They all knew what I was going to do. And so they all yeah, read my mind. Most of them did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, you'll, you'll get it. It's fine. <laughs> Which is completely unfair of me and not at all what I should be doing. And a great learning experience. But it was, I, I learned, I was like, oh, right. I, I do need to occasionally say these things out loud. <laughs> it happens. But I appreciated the those who were like, yeah, she's, this is what she does. Yeah. They're, they're used to me and my nonsense. Get so used I appreci- to it. I'm grateful for them. <laughs> <laughs> It was really funny. This has been such a f- wide ranging, right? And it really interesting conversation. I'm really glad to have the opportunity to stop and stop and think and mm. say, are we still talking about what we want to, what we want to talk about um, and doing what we want to be doing and exploring what we want to be exploring. So I'm excited for this next year of podcasts. We have some mm. really fun, fun oh, we do. projects Great. coming up that we'll let you guys know about. Of course. Yeah. Wonderful guests. Oh all sorts yeah. Of things. Yeah. So much good stuff. Can't so wait. we are so grateful to you for listening and watching. Roundtown Radio is brought to you by the friends and members of Roundtown Community Church. For more information, please visit roundtownradio.org. 